Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer, and welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Monday, April 3rd, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got what to watch this week. Number two, a look around the leaderboard. And number three, Chair Gallagher heads to Silicon Valley. All right, let's get into it. It is another super busy week here in Washington, despite the fact that Congress is out on a two-week recess. Um, Let's just talk about the context of what's happening this week. You have President Joe Biden heading to Minneapolis today to visit the Cummings Power Generation Facility. That company plans to announce that it's investing $1 billion in their New York, Indiana, and North Carolina plants to build low and zero carbon emissions, creating hundreds of new jobs, according to a White House official. Of course, the legal and political drama surrounding former President Donald Trump, by far the biggest story in our universe right now, continues to dominate the headlines. There was a tremendous amount of important news this weekend, uh, which I'm going to get to in a minute. But of course, we also had a series of powerful tornadoes sweeping through the South and the Midwest since Friday, killing more than 30 people. Biden approved a major disaster declaration request from Arkansas GOP Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Hundreds of thousands of people remain without power following these storms. Also, there was a surprising announcement uh, by OPEC on Sunday that will drive prices higher. The White House is unhappy about OPEC's move, uh, the second such reduction since October. It is worth remembering, however, that uh, gas prices are down now more than $1.50 since last summer's peak. Uh, Of course, Americans' perception of the U.S. economy is tied to gas prices, which is why the U.S. is so nervous about OPEC's surprise decision to cut oil production. Also, Wall Street Journal reporter Evan Gershkovich remains detained in Russia. That is leading to a standoff between the U.S. and Russia, Uh, The reporter was taken into custody last week while working on a story. And to add into the mix, if that wasn't enough, Speaker Kevin McCarthy is expected to meet this week with the Taiwanese president in California. Beijing has said it will retaliate if McCarthy follows through with the meeting, but the California Republican doesn't seem moved by the threat. We scooped, of course, on Friday that House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries had quietly met with the president in New York. Now, quickly on to Trump, because that is what is going to dominate all headlines uh, across the country and probably the globe. The former president is going to be heading to New York City today ahead of Tuesday's arraignment in the Manhattan Criminal Courts building. Trump faces an array of as of yet undisclosed criminal charges related to an alleged 130000 hush money payment to former porn star Stormy Daniels, as well as potentially other issues. Trump is expected to stay the night in Trump Tower. Extraordinary security measures are being put in place for Trump's arraignment. No other judicial proceedings are going to be allowed on the same floor where Trump is going before Judge Juan Merchant. The NYPD has also barricaded Trump Tower and the court building in preparation for potential disturbances. Of course, U.S. Capitol Police are also preparing for possible demonstrations as well. Trump then plans to return to Florida on Tuesday following that arraignment to give a speech from his Mar-a-Lago residence on Tuesday night. Trump's defense team is trying to portray this criminal case as a quote-unquote political prosecution and abuse of power. 
by Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. And they're also suggesting polls from both parties see it that way. Trump remains under criminal investigation over the January 6th insurrection, the classified document scandal, and the Georgia election interference cases. The Washington Post reported Sunday that the Justice Department has evidence pointing to possible obstruction by former President Donald Trump in the investigation into top-secret documents found at his Mar-a-Lago home, according to people familiar with the matter. This is a storyline that is going to continue to dominate the headlines uh, into this month and certainly well beyond. All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning, our first quarter assessment of the leadership. The first quarter of the year is now over. Time flies when you are congressing, huh? And Congress is out of town, so we wanted to spend some time examining the four party leaders on the Hill, the key figures in our coverage. So let's start with Speaker Kevin McCarthy. McCarthy finished the first quarter of 2023 still standing, which wasn't totally certain considering the ordeal it took him to get there. Take note, no one has has tried to file a motion to vacate yet. That stands to reason because McCarthy has basically given conservatives nearly everything they've asked for up to this point. McCarthy's record so far is mixed. House Republicans can't pass a fiscal year 2024 budget resolution on their own, going, which has really weakened McCarthy going into an all-important showdown with President Joe Biden over the debt limit and federal spending. House GOP leaders have also delayed immigration and border bills and were forced to pump the brakes on a crime package. But the California has gotten some wins. House Republican pushed through a measure overruling the District of Columbia's efforts to revise its criminal code, forcing Democrats into a tough vote along the way. Even Biden backed it, which angered House Democrats who anticipated a presidential veto. House Republicans also repealed a rule that would allow investment managers to consider ESG goals in their investment strategy. Biden vetoed it, but again, Democrats had to vote yes. McCarthy has also raised a pile of money for the GOP, something he takes pleasure in, and he's given free reign to his committee chairs, especially Representatives Jim Jordan and, and James Comer, to investigate whatever they want, including Biden's family. So far, they've generated more press releases than evidence of wrongdoing, but it's early going yet. All right, let's move on to the House Minority Leader, Hakeem Jeffries, the New York Democrat, is doing exactly what the House opposition leaders should be doing, playing defense, raising a ton of money and keeping his members out of the fray. While Speaker, while former Speaker Nancy Pelosi still remains in the House, the two have been able to navigate their brave new world with little friction so far. And Jeffrey has pulled in more than $14 million from the DCCC in the first few months of this cycle. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer He's the show us your plan, man. That's been the New York Democrats mantra for weeks now when it comes to Republicans insistence that his party in the White House accept steep spending cuts in exchange for raising the debt limit. Schumer feels increasingly confident that Republicans will fold, especially since they're unlikely to release a budget proposal in time for the midsummer debt limit deadline. On the floor, Schumer has continued to shepherd bipartisan legislation through the chamber and has granted Republicans several amendment votes. Senator Rand Paul glowingly referred to it on Thursday as, quote, the new Senate. There was a concern that this would stifle the Senate's historic pace of judicial confirmations. After all, it took the Senate two full weeks to process the Iraq AUMF repeal, despite overwhelming bipartisan support. But Democrats were able to confirm a couple more judges during that stretch, bringing that total number to 119 under Biden. 
And the Chamber's bipartisan streak isn't over yet. Schumer filed cloture last week on the Fire, Grant, and Safety Act, and he's expected to move soon on a railway safety bill. A couple of things to watch. The nominations fronts could be potentially difficult ahead. Uh, with uh, Labor Secretary Julie Sue facing a potentially bruising fight to win confirmation, while Circuit Court nominee Michael Delaney is facing intense scrutiny over his role in a sexual assault case. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. He rounds out this leader look. The GOP's leader's absence from the Capitol for the last few weeks has been felt in a number of ways, especially on foreign policy and national events, as we've previously chronicled. The expectation is that McConnell will be back when the Senate returns from the two-week recess, but in the meantime, he's weighed in on a host of floor debates from rehab and from home, most notably on Iraq AUMF repeal, which he has long opposed, and the effort to roll back the administration's waters of the U.S. rule. It's an effort by McConnell's team to show that he's still engaged with the Senate's daily business despite being away from the Capitol. It's also worth considering whether McConnell's presence at the Capitol would have led to a resolution in the standoff between Senator Tommy Tuberville and the Pentagon over the department's abortion access policy. Tuberville, of course, has been blocking all military promotions and says he won't relent unless the policy is overturned. While McConnell undoubtedly agrees with Tuberville on the abortion policy, one can imagine the GOP leader stepping in to forge a compromise given his emphasis on military readiness and national security. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning. An interesting look at Representative Mike Gallagher, the Republican from Wisconsin, the chair of the China Competition Select Committee. He's going to be traveling to California this week for meetings with top tech and business leaders. Gallagher is scheduled to meet meet to speak with Bob Iger of Disney, Tim Cook of Apple, and venture capitalists like Mark Andreessen. Gallagher will also hold meetings with top Hollywood studio executives. His overall goal is to discuss how to best combat China's growing influence with industry leaders. The Wisconsin Republican also wants to engage with those who will be affected by a potential change in America's China policy. He's going to be meeting with three key constituencies out there. Hollywood, Silicon Valley, and venture capital leaders, our very own Max Cohen reports. And with that, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you like The Daily Pond, share it with your friends on social media. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. If you want to go a little deeper, subscribe to our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news and get The Daily Punch in and Punchbowl AM in your inbox every morning, bright and early. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Stay safe.